Hi folks, I'm Duncan Gill, child and adolescent psychiatrist. And I'm Victoria Lee, licensed clinical mental health counselor, and welcome to Is There a Med for That? The podcast about teen mental health and behavioral problems and what to do about them. Victoria and I have been working for uh, years together with kids. Sometimes we use therapy, sometimes medication, sometimes we give some guidance to parents. And sometimes kids just need to be left alone. We don't have all the answers, but we probably have some of them. We'll do our best to share what we've learned over the years working with struggling kids and their families. We hope you enjoy the show and we can be helpful to those who have taken on the hardest job in the world, being a parent. We good now? Hi, Victoria. How's it going today? Hello, Duncan. It's going really good. I'm happy you're back from vacation. I'm happy to be back. Did you have a good vacation? I actually did have a good vacation. I went up to Maine and um, did some swimming and mm-hmm. walking and game playing. And um, yeah, it was quite nice. Ten days. Family vacation? It was a family vacation. I have to say... Um, Actually, I'm somebody who misses work, though. Yeah. I have to create my own, my own structure. And um, if I don't, I get a little... Weird. I, I was going to use the word weird, but yes, I get a little weird. Yeah. So I always like coming back. Cool. We like having you back. Do you... A little bit off subject, but you've talked a little bit to me about implementing WED in your own home and in a couple of t- scenarios, I guess, when you talked about the dishes... Will you tell that story? Which story? About the dishes. Remember? You got sick of all the dishes. Do you remember that? I don't remember that. Oh, it was a good one. <laughs> Maybe next episode we can talk about it. You're going to have to refresh my memory. Yeah, because you implemented WED briefly. I don't know if you guys still practice at home holistically, but you have you talked about using it um, in different points with your kids to help work through conflict. That's true. Without seeking control. And dishes always seem to be an issue at home. Yeah, and you stopped doing them. Did I just stop doing them? Yeah. You don't remember that? No, I'm getting old. I'm going to have to ask Marlene. Okay. Because it was really good. I thought it was a great example of feeling anxious about trying a wet approach and working through it. And it actually worked And it worked. Yeah, because they didn't like all the dirty dishes and they realized they came to... You sure that was me? Maybe not anymore. (laughs) They're a med for that. <laughs> Some cognitive uh, booster. Yeah. There probably is. Oh, my goodness. All right. Well, today we we're going to talk about adversarial dynamic and Let's avoiding it. it. So holistic education, we break it down to three things we try to aim for as parents and three things we're trying to avoid. And we can... Over the episodes, we'll get to all of them and have gotten to some already. But one of the things we're really trying to avoid as parents or leaders of any group is adversarial dynamic. So what the heck is adversarial dynamic? Essentially, because adversarial, I think, means warlike. Is that the... Adversary, yeah, your opponent. Yeah. That makes sense. And so you versus me, combative. We're going to avoid that dynamic at all costs with our family. Because a big part of healthy groups, which a family is just a small group, is cooperation. And humans, I think, especially in our culture, struggle a little bit with that right now. Everything so you versus me. And sometimes I think that can be very helpful and useful. Um, but I think you even for it to be useful, you almost have to do it in a cooperative spirit. Joe would often talk about MMA and fighting but have how it's cooperative you have an agreement we're gonna 
fight. Follow the rules. Yeah, yeah. And so avoiding adversarial dynamic, it's so important as parents because if we don't, we're sending the message that we're not on the same team. And it sounds really easy, at least for me, right? Like I feel like that sounds really reasonable and easy until you're actually in the thick of it. That's true. And when you're in civil war. When you're, that's a good way to put it. Civil war. That's what we're trying to avoid. And adversarial dynamic is a good thing to avoid all the time if you can. I was thinking, oh boy, we should do a whole episode on on talking on the phone with difficult people oh, at companies or different companies. Yeah, exactly. Or looking for missing mail and that kind of mm. thing. But um, with kids, it's particularly important because we talk about separation individuation where kids are growing up and it's their job to, it's our job to become obsolete. It's their job to not need you anymore and to be self-sufficient. So there's often this push for kids to assert their individuality. So they're already placed in a place where they want to separate themselves from you, uh, push you away and contradict you. And that is a natural, normal developmental thing. But they're much more prone to uh, run with adversarial dynamics, civil war, um, that kind of thing. It's really important, I think, to highlight that when working with adolescents or if your kiddo's in a teenager, because you're right, it's a healthy stage they're going through. It's part of healthy development is to individuate. And if we turn that into adversarial dynamic, then we can no longer be supportive in their process as they're developing. And I think we see that a lot is when we try to either seek control or we show up to the fight when our kiddo asserts themselves. And even I even see parents do it when their kiddos are are asserting themselves in healthy, peaceful ways, sometimes we can feel hurt or threatened or undermined and maybe react in a fighting way. Um, And so when that comes up, I think we have to remember our own practice of the guidelines. But if that's happening, it's only going to fuel your child's separating in a rebellious Defiant. Defiant way, combative. You're not telling me what to do. Right, right. And we really do advise you not to tell a teenager what to do. Did, did I tell you that my favorite mentor in residency, and this guy walked on water for me. He, he passed away a few years ago. He's an older guy, Jim Black. Um, he was fantastic at all this stuff. You know, it wasn't officially called WED, but all the same principles. Um he had to stop practicing child psychiatry when his daughter was a teenager because it was so difficult for him. So uh, everybody struggles with this. Can you highlight again what was difficult for him? He had a rebellious, uh, adversarial <laughs> dynamic with a teenager okay. that it was very hard for him to pull himself away from. So I don't know if it was just a year or what. Yeah, but- took a little break. Because yeah, it's hard not to project your own feelings right. or to bring up your own stuff if you're in that role of working with people. Yeah, adversarial dynamic. In, even in partnerships, romantic relationships, really important too. And so if, if you have a family and you're still with the father or mother of your children, you can really role model having healthy, cooperative relationships. And to be really clear, we're not talking about not having conflict. 
I think sometimes when we discuss avoiding adversarial dynamic, people, the, often the pendulum will, will swing where people are, are avoiding conflict in general. And we're not talking about that. We're talking about not showing up to the fight, not fighting. And conflict does not have to be fighting. In fact, healthy conflict isn't fighting. And so conflict is when you and I have different opinions or thoughts or feelings about something. And it's really important that we don't ignore or don't show up for the conflict. Because if our, say, for example, if our teenager wants to go out Friday night and be out until 1, but we felt that 10 o'clock was, their, was a healthier curfew. Um, and if I show up to the fight with that, then that's usually will just escalate. The fight escalates and it's you versus me. We're not saying just give in and say whatever the kid wants either. But if we really have genuine different feelings and opinions about what time is good, sit down, hash it out in a healthy, loving, cooperative way and come to some good negotiation on it. So don't avoid conflict. No. Don't confuse that. No, and that's easy to do. Is um, that's my temperament more? Mm. I think some people are more predisposed to disagree. Go after it, and yeah. some are more uh, <laughs> inclined to be agreeable. Yep. Um, so, yeah, conflict, and it doesn't mean negotiation doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to change your mind at all as a parent. But the process is much more important than the actual outcome. Yep. Would you agree with that? I agree. Yep. Ideally, you come to some compromise. Yeah. But in some situations... There are situations, certain things you really just can't, right? If it's a safety issue or something you just really can't... Um, get behind. Morally or <laughs> ethically get behind. Absolutely. And hopefully, as a parent we can limit that to really only the areas that that's really essential in, which can be challenging because we can feel very strongly about a lot of different things. I've been talking with some other parents lately about this idea, and I don't know if this is true, but Joe had referenced, I don't know if it was an article or a research paper he had looked at, but it said a lot of the jobs our children will have, so I'm, you know, like if your kids are, you know, mid-teenagers or younger, a lot of the jobs they'll have as adults have not even been invented yet. And so what that has really got me thinking about lately is sometimes I have very strong opinions about things and what direction... No kidding. (laughs) I know, right? Surprise. Um, Shocking, I should say. But with our kids, sometimes maybe they actually... They're the next generation. And so maybe they don't know in an intellectual way something, but maybe they're drawn to something for reasons that we don't even know yet. Yes. And I've been really trying to think of the spirit of that lately and having helping that contribute to a more open mind, a more open heart, and that curiosity in the process that I think is really important that when we're having these negotiating sessions, our sit-down discussions with our loved ones that I really bring with my kids and help them, you know, unfold in a way that isn't um, just directed by me. Another caveat there too is I've been thinking a lot about self-socialization. Franz de Waal is a Dutch American primatologist who just came out with a cool book um, called Different. And and it's about 
uh, gender through the lens of a primatologist. And he has written a handful of other books, um, one called Good Nature, which is actually one of the a very inspiring book for Joe in helping understand WED and the role of cooperation in the importance of a healthy group structure. And so in this book, he talks a lot about self-socialization and how often we as parents focus on socialization as our duty to socialize our children. And that's a part of it. But so much of the literature leaves out self-socialization where kids choose what they're going to get socialized to. And there's some biological basis to why they choose what they're going to focus on to socialize. But there's also other factors at play that we probably can't even identify yet. Why a certain child's drawn to superheroes versus firemen. When you say socialize, do you mean... with uh, other kids they socialize with? Just um, socialized into our, um, who they're going to become, right? So socialized, you know, I think we often think of practicing holistic education, uh, the guidelines as a way to socialize your children, help them get along with peers, help them learn who are they going to be in our society, in the world. How do you get along with society? Socialized into the world. But kids, that's very self-directed. And I think it's a really important lens to have because when we see ourselves as an almighty parent who needs to socialize our children, I think that's actually very control. Um, It can inspire a lot of control orientation in us. Like I I just have to be a good enough parent. If I do everything just right, they're going to be a certain way. And I think the research is really showing that socialization is actually much more cooperative adventure than it is the parent's duty I don't want to say duty the parents um, role is that I'm going to socialize my child and bring them up to be this certain individual and when you say okay when you say socialize you mean how they incorporate themselves into society who they become who they become yeah and like so there's a lot of pieces to socializing self like like you said getting along with your peers getting along with others what you do society you know socializing yourself into society Gotcha. And where you choose to be. It's a big, you know, discussion. It was in the um, the different book, you know, because there's the nature versus nurture debate right now around transgendered dialogue. And I, you shouldn't even say nature versus nurture, because I think hopefully most people understand that that isn't a versus. That is um, nature and nurture at play. You know, I'm going to reference a book myself here, Huckleberry Finn. I love it. I believe they talk about instead of socialize, they talk about civilize. Mm. So parents would civilize their kids. Yeah. Yep. Get them to be able to function in society. Yeah. Use more harsh methods. Yeah. I would, I want to study that more to see too, if what is the connection between the two? My gut says that civilized comes from a more Victorian error sort of mentality. Right, which is, I think, more and more research is demonstrating how out of touch with reality that perspective really is. Um, but yeah, I think the self-socialization piece comes into avoid adversarial dynamic because if we have an adversarial relationship with our kids, we often pick fights about things that are just their natural unfolding in life. You see that a lot in teenage years because like you highlighted, it's kids are becoming more their individual self they're blossoming into that person that they're going to be as your adult child. They're no longer necessarily your child child. They're an adult almost. So if your kid comes at you spoiling for a fight, 
uh, becomes very provocative. It could be over, um, oh, what could it be over? Phone issues or doing homework or... um, Dating someone. Dating somebody and you try to have a respectful conversation and they turn it into a... Well, you never, you're such a jerk, blah, you know, you know what I'm saying. If a kid starts to pick a fight with you, how do you respond to that? Well, there's many different ways to respond. We recommend teaming up. So how do you, it can be hard because often when someone's coming at you wanting to fight, you have to get in touch with your reaction to that. You don't want to just react. Some people have good reactions and they're more cooperative by nature. Like my husband, he's very cooperative by nature. Myself, not so much in relationship, I should say. And so you have to decide how am I going to respond? And that's going to be different than just how you're going to react. So number one, as a parent, you got to be mindful. You got to like decide to live deliberately. And WED can be good for that because it brings your, by studying and li- or listening to our podcast or looking at the guidelines, you're starting to think more mindfully about how do I take care of my relationships? What are my habits in my relationships? Because often that stuff is all on autopilot. And so if maybe your autopilot is to get defensive, if a kid comes at you, like, you know, like, I can't believe you won't let me use my phone. Maybe you get defensive. So you immediately try to defend yourself and say, you know, I'm your mother and I love you. How dare you question what I say? We recommend instead of showing up to the fight and responding either with criticism, defense, or even just a sort of you versus me, you take a, a loving leadership role and I would say something like, hey, you know, it sounds like this is really important to you. Can we find a way to just talk about it? I'd love to figure out how we can come to some agreement. And sometimes that may work. It can surprise you. Yeah. Uh, particularly if a child is expecting you to fight back. Um, we see that a lot here, mm-hmm. right? We have kids who... Um, are used to fighting and being argumentative. And I forget the, the quote, uh, it's very hard to fight when there's only one participant. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes... It's more a tantrum than a fight at that point. It's more a tantrum. That's exactly <laughs> right. But sometimes they may not be cooperative on the first go. Yep. At which point you should start fighting with them. No, I'm only <laughs> kidding. <laughs> which you might get frustrated, right? And want to end up going back to the fight... But just stick with it. Give it time. Habits take a little bit to change. And have faith in your kids that they are, I would say, a little bit more cooperative than they are competitive. Because most people are. It might not be their reaction. But, and that's another um, Franz de Waal. That's the, what, what, when I was talking about good-natured. His thesis in that book, I believe, at least what Joe got from that book, the founder of WED, humans and primates are 50 plus some percent it could be 50.0001 percent cooperative versus competitive and so we believe we want to live or we want to um what's the word speak to that part of your your child and have faith that that part is there and believe in yourself believe in your child believe in yourself it's part of the positive culture that we create with wed so also we've talked about role modeling before. It's great to role model for kids uh, not being drawn into a fight yeah. and being able to remain cool and reasonable. Yep. 
And um, it's interesting because sometimes that reasonableness is even is very frustrating to a child who yeah. wants to uh, really get into it. Yep, because they don't want to be logical or reasonable. Maybe in that moment, it's, it's more emotional. And there, you can embrace all feelings. Embrace their feelings is really frustrating. It's painful, upsetting, irritating. Um, but help guide behaviors, including your own. Uh, you said something else I wanted to speak to. Um, perseverance is the big one, right? Just because they keep fighting, persevere, keep practicing, being loving, not showing up for the fight, embrace the feeling. What it was the example you gave? Uh, cell phone? Cell phone, not that. Dishwasher. Um, <laughs> we always go back to the dishes. Uh, yeah. Role modeling is, yep, is a good point there. Yeah. You can take space if your yeah. child really just won't, like, lay off of it. You First can, episode. Yep, you can talk, you know, and say, you know, I, I think I'm getting a little emotionally overwhelmed. You know, if you start to feel like, well, I kind of want to start and jump in with, to this fight, take space. Don't do it. Come back to it. Nothing eternal is at stake most so, of the time. So backing up, why is it important? I mean, getting into fights is tiring. Why yeah. is it important to avoid that dynamic? Because if you're not a team, right, if you're fighting, say if I always like to use the basketball analogy. If you're on a team, you say you and I are on a basketball team, we go down the court and we start fighting, we're not going to score a basket. So it's helping us redefine winning. So as a team, we believe if we fight, we're not going to reach our goals, in life probably we're not going to be a very successful healthy family and fighting gets in the way of us living our optimal lives and fighting too is very costly for individuals because what you're doing is you're putting yourself in harm's way and it might not feel that way in the moment because you might trust your child or your parent underneath the fighting but still it's harmful i believe to engage in fights with people in a physical way it really is in nature a lot of uh, joe would often point out that animals in nature usually avoid fights that's your last your last go-to because to get into a fight there's potential for injury and in nature if you get injured there goes your chance at survival oftentimes and i think even emotionally fighting has a heavy cost that I, I just recommend if don't fight, right? Like keep, put your energy, you said it's costly energy wise, put your energy into teaming up and building. Fighting's destructive. If it's you versus me, even if we come to a conclusion, that conclusion is really only conflict delayed. We didn't really get to an agreement or a mutual understanding. It's destructive, it's distracting too. Mm-hmm. And if you have a child or, or an adult, who has issues that they really need to confront about themselves, they can displace all that stuff on somebody else and concentrate on uh, the battle rather than the issue at hand. Um, One of the frustrating things about being with somebody who will not fight with you is you're forced to confront the fact that you may sound like a complete jerk, that you're being unreasonable, that you're being immature. Whereas if somebody joins you there, it's easier to live in that space and not (laughs) feel unhappy about your own behavior right because you feel justified righteous Mm. anger self-defense yep i was wondering if you wanted to avoid adversarial dynamic is part of a package of three in holistic education could you just go you know put it in context yeah so we want to avoid adversarial dynamic 
Well, first, I think that let's go over the, the, the three that we want to do first. Okay. Right. The first three, um, role model healthy relationship or model healthy relationship so is how Joe wrote it. This we've gone over. Yep. Yep. Um, role model healthy relationship, provide clear reflection. We'll go over that. Yep. And encourage true focus. Oh, we can go over that. Yep. The three aims or the, uh, the opposite of aims are what we're trying to avoid. These are pitfalls. Pitfalls. It's a good way to put it. Do you put that that way in the book? I put it that way in the book. Yeah. Okay. Uh, avoid adversarial dynamic. Give up control to gain authority. We did that one. Did we? I think we did that one. We'll, we'll get back to you on that. Okay. And then the third one. Neither uh, enable, enable nor or punish. punish imbalanced behavior. That one we have to do. Yeah. And you know what? I think I often almost put that in a separate category because it is a little bit harder for people to understand at first. If you don't have the language of psychology, I think sometimes people that enabling piece can be hard for people to understand a little bit more, but we could spend a really good episode talking about even just enabling and punishing and then applying it. What's fun because there is a big philosophy piece behind it and then an application piece. And that you don't have to know the philosophy to successfully do the application. But for some nerds like myself, <laughs> I really like the philosophy. Val, who's one of our staff at Direction, she's an OT. And she was saying it's one of the big parts of holistic education that really pulled her in was the philosophy piece of it. Because it's really grounded in um, theory that applies to human behavior. Evolutionary psychology. Yeah. All kinds of fun stuff. Yeah, we should do an episode on evolutionary psychology a little bit. We should. Sounds pretty good for avoid adversarial dynamic. Yeah, yeah. I think we'll come back to it again. We'll, we'll circle back at some point to go a little deeper. And maybe if any listeners out there have any questions or scenarios that they would like us to talk about in terms of fighting with your kids, we'd love to hear from you. Duncan's going to be giving... Um, or creating us an email and a phone line so that you can call in or write in to ask us your questions. I'm wrestling with technology right now. Yeah. I should be getting there. Anyways, uh, talk later, folks. All right. Have a good afternoon.